Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. My personal mentor is Dr. Powell Jasterboff, who's the founder of Tinnitus Retraining Therapy. It is the gold standard tinnitus retraining therapy that can promote long-lasting relief, promote what we call habituation. That means the brain can reduce the awareness of tinnitus, reduce the volume of tinnitus often over time. That's what we want to highlight. Let me explain a bit more about how exactly that works. On the screen, you can see this ear. Now, I'm sure everyone can recognize the ear, but what happens beyond that? We have this ear canal that goes to the eardrum. Now, I think everyone here understands this part of the anatomy, but what happens next? So sound comes through the ear, and then it gets pushed through the eardrum, eventually going through some small middle ear bones that vibrate, and it turns sound that is a sound wave in the air into a mechanical force that is similar to a drum or the vibration of a skin on a drum, which then sound sends this auditory signal through to the hearing organ called the cochlea. So the sound then becomes it enters this system, which is filled with this water, this uh, this fluid. So that becomes a wave in this fluid. And that's how we hear. That wave goes from the hearing organ up to the hearing nerve, and eventually we process that sound. And we can understand speech, we can hear music, we can hear complex sound. Quite a fascinating system, really. Inside of the cochlea, the hearing organ, it looks like a snail, this sort of coiled shape. And different regions of this organ are mapped based on the pitch of sound. So the sounds that are on the exterior of this organ, the cochlea, they have a high pitch resonance, high frequency, and the sounds that are in the center have a low pitch or a bass bass frequency. So you may notice that treble health is uh, referring to the high pitch sound of music. Well, that's because the high pitch regions of the cochlea are what's responsible many times or tinnitus, and many people, most people experience a high pitch or a high frequency treble type sound for tinnitus. So that's actually a little context to why uh, treble health is called what it is. The key point here to note is that the pitch of your tinnitus does have a meaningful relationship between the cells in your ear that may be affected from this condition. So most often people hear a high pitch tone or a hissing or a a ringing or electrical noise. And that is consistent with these cells in the cochlea, as well as parts of the auditory nerve that have been modulated or or affected to some degree in the high pitch regions. Here's a slice of the cochlea, the hearing organ, just showing another example of how this looks really. You don't need to know the nitty gritty on this, but I think that's quite fascinating and it helps us understand what is the true origin, the source of tinnitus. About three quarters of you from my research, have gotten a hearing test that showed you have some hearing loss. It could be mild, it could be a a slight high-pitched hearing loss, but about three-quarters of you, your standard hearing test showed some hearing loss. That gives us at least one clue as to where the potential origin of tinnitus started. Now, for those who have a hearing test that show normal hearing, most often that's a standard hearing test, but if we test it more specifically, even for the, for the quarter of people that had that normal hearing test, we can see that these cells, which are called the stereocilia, the hair cells, 
deep inside the cochlea of the hearing organ, they're not performing the way that they used to. And that makes logical sense. I mean, I know personally that when I was 10 years old compared to where I am now, over the span of decades, my hearing is not the same as it used to be. So that difference is due to the changes of the cells that change with time. And everyone, to some degree, loses their hearing over time. It's a progressive thing. It's not going to stop. So that difference can be uh, found here in the cells of the inner ear. But you may ask, well, someone has a lot worse. Someone can have a lot worse hearing than me, but they don't have tinnitus. They're not affected by tinnitus. And that's, that's true. It's well known that someone can have even a severe hearing loss, but they say, no, I don't hear tinnitus or barely at all. It's not only this cochlea that's responsible for tinnitus, and it's actually a a beginner mistake to think that tinnitus is only caused by hearing loss. There are other factors at play, and we're going to go into those right now. Here's an example on the left of normal, healthy uh, hair cells in the cochlea. And on the right, we have some deflected or uh, starting to slightly be modified these cells in the ear. Now, this is an example of those healthy cells being seriously damaged and affected. So here, someone here might have a hearing test that shows normal hearing even though these cells are starting to change. Now here, someone's probably going to have some difficulty hearing and the hearing test would show a high-pitched hearing loss. Now, both of these individuals can experience tinnitus, but this group of individuals has a hearing loss that's accompanied with it. And causes of hearing loss can vary from age, age, from the natural aging process to loud noise exposure, to some degree medications or other health conditions as well. This is a short interruption from today's video to announce the tinnitus quiz. If you're watching this video, there's a good chance that you or someone you know has tinnitus. We know how much tinnitus can impact your daily life and we're here to help. Visit tinnitusquiz.com and take a two-minute quiz to receive personalized treatment plans that have helped hundreds of people learn to manage their tinnitus. Start now at tinnitusquiz.com. Now, you may have gotten a hearing test, and most often we see a dip in the high pitches, the high frequencies, which would drop here to the right. And we can see that there's some soft high-pitched sounds like bird songs or even speech sounds like F as in Frank, S as in Sam, P as in Tom. And we might not hear so clearly, but I know from my experience here that most of us are having mainly a tinnitus problem, not so much of a hearing problem. Now, some of you have a tinnitus and a hearing problem, but I know in most cases, the tinnitus is really affecting us day to day and causing the problem here. It's usually not the hearing, but they are related and having the right kind of treatment and care for both of them is very important. Okay, so earlier I mentioned that the ear goes into this cochlea, passing the sound through these small bones inside of the cochlea. Those little stereocilia, they can vibrate to sound and they pass the information through the auditory nerve into the brain. Here's an important point that right ear, which is here signaled in blue, the right ear, that nerve doesn't just go to the right side. It actually crosses over to the left as well as to the right side. And similarly on the left ear, the nerve signal, it crosses over to the right and the left side. So some individuals will report, I only hear tinnitus on one ear, or they may say my tinnitus is louder on one ear, or even sometimes it, sometimes I hear it on the right, Sometimes it's in the center of my head. Sometimes I hear it on the left. And the, the nature of this is because the source of tinnitus are these, these neurons, these uh, auditory cells in the brain. And often they have some right and some left 
hemisphere auditory signals going on. So using sound therapy through both ears is recommended for the treatment for this very reason. It's not recommended in the vast majority of cases to use just the device on the, on one ear, even if you have tinnitus only in that ear. And this graphic explains that quite well. All right. So this is probably interesting so far. And you may be wondering, you know, how does this relate to me? Uh, this is perhaps interesting, maybe fascinating, but how is it going to help me? Okay. Now we're getting into what I call the exciting part where you just learned how changes to the ear, even very slight changes can be recognized, can be even found on some specific tests. And that means that sounds coming in through the ears are not processing the same way as they used to. So that difference, that change creates this sort of phantom sound. For example, the soft high-pitched sound that you used to hear 30 years ago, but now don't, the brain recognizes that difference because there were certain cells in this midbrain, their only job was to respond to these soft high-pitched sounds. But now because of some changes to hearing, most often the brain isn't hearing them. So those cells, what do they do? Well, they create this sort of phantom sound of tinnitus. And for many people, this is a very mild, subtle sound that we only hear in softer environments. Research has studied, take a group of 100 people with no problems with tinnitus, put them in a soundproof room, and ask them, what do you hear? After five minutes, 90% of them came out saying, I was hearing, I was hearing ringing, I was hearing hissing, I was hearing some uh, high-pitched sounds. They're essentially describing tinnitus because they were in a quiet enough place where their brain was creating this phantom sound. And just like when uh, a military veteran may lose an arm, they can sometimes experience a phantom pain, a phantom limb painful experience, but they don't have any actual nerve information going into their system. It's because the brain makes up the, those pain receptors based on the information that's lost, it's not there anymore. Well, similar thing that can happen from the ear. Okay, so you may be understanding this so far and following along, but here's the important point that this subtle phantom sound, which a lot of people have if they're in a quiet enough place, is recognized here in this part of the auditory system. But it often takes other situations, whether that be stress, health changes in someone's life, or other factors, medication changes, for example, that can take this soft, low-level sound that is recognized here in the midbrain. And when there's an increase in stress related to that sound or a hyper-focusing on that sound, from the limbic system, the emotional centers of the brain, then the sound of tinnitus can get louder. And that's independent from your hearing getting worse. So this is very common that someone has slow, progressive changes to hearing. They don't really notice trouble with hearing loss, but they all of a sudden, in a matter of days, weeks, maybe a month, develop this loud, bothersome tinnitus. They get a hearing test and someone explains, oh, you have hearing loss, that's the cause of your tinnitus. Well, that's only part of the story here because the tinnitus most often came about because there were other changes in the brain that led to increased tinnitus. Well, fortunately, I'm here to say those changes are not permanent. Those changes are not anything that's broken in your system. So because the tinnitus came about through the nervous system, through the auditory brain, we can also use the treatment method you're learning about today to reduce tinnitus over time because it's not set in stone not broken, it's not permanent. So that's how we reduce tinnitus over time. And it's important to note that this midbrain here has a connection to the limbic system, the emotional network of the brain, the amygdala. This regulates attention, fear, worry, concern. Essentially, this part of the brain is designed to keep us alive, to keep us safe. And if it recognizes a potential threat, it's going to 
fixate on it. It's going to put it into our awareness because the brain is just trying to keep us alive of potential threat or danger. So in many ways, the brain is accidentally marking tinnitus as a threat, an unknown, a danger. The brain sort of on autopilot, the subconscious drive can bring tinnitus into a more, more front of mind experience. It can increase the volume. It can put us into this fight or flight state where the brain wants to run or hide from something that is actually inside its own body. So it can't and it creates this negative loop. Now, when your subconscious brain can learn and experience over time that this tinnitus is not a threat, not a danger, it's actually a benign body sensation. We know it. We know the ins and outs of it. We know what to expect. We even know the timeline or less for when it's going to get better and following the treatment protocol, what's going to happen. Now, we noticed that this fight or flight experience gets a lot better. The brain's able to sort it very clearly. I love explaining this because most people haven't had this beginning to end explanation of tinnitus. So just know that using sound therapy, getting the right kind of personalized care and help and having the roadmap forward, this makes a big difference in your brain's natural ability to reduce tinnitus over time. Here's an example of the negative feedback loop where someone can experience the perception of tinnitus, develop anxiety, stress, or tension around it, and then they increase the activation of this part of the brain that I was talking about. The fight or flight system might kick in. Tinnitus gets louder or more intrusive. That creates anxiety, which then activates the system even further and more tinnitus. That's that negative feedback loop that you can stop. You can learn how to put a block in that negative feedback loop and just like when a microphone is too close to a speaker and it's feeding back, what do you do? You, you create space, you slow it down, and the feedback stops. It reduces. So that's what we are doing here, in a sense, with the auditory brain and tinnitus. Here's a diagram that uh, I think is mainly designed for musicians and engineers, which is very, let's say, logical, where in the left middle side of the screen here, we have the auditory subconscious brain. This is essentially the source of tinnitus. If we could put an electrode on the tinnitus, this is where it would be. But we see here that there's four different systems that connect to this auditory subconscious. And essentially learning these four different systems is key because you can actually put positive input into those four pathways and that indirectly will reduce tinnitus. So on the bottom, we have the auditory periphery, and the way to have positive input there is using sound therapy. On the bottom right, we have the autonomic nervous system. The way to impact this system is with stress reduction, with focusing on your health, with getting good sleep. The limbic system, the emotions, what can positively impact this system is uh, getting the right information, the right education on tinnitus, having the right kind of professional support, having the right roadmap and guidance forward. Finally, up top, we have attention, concentration. We've heard today that when you choose to focus less on tinnitus, when you stop endlessly searching on the internet for research or uh, potential options, it can actually take the attention away from tinnitus. And that's another positive input, essentially doing putting less attention, putting less focus on tinnitus and taking that attention and concentration and putting on other positive things in your life that have nothing to do with tinnitus that actually promotes the natural process. Your brain can reduce the sound over time. And finally, we have the four stages of habituation. So this is one of the most important graphics that I can explain. This walks you through during these four stages of tinnitus, what will you notice? How will you improve over time? And what's the expectation here? How do you know you're getting better? So most folks reach out to us in either stage one or stage two. And stage one has the highest awareness and annoyance of tinnitus throughout the day, frequent worrying and anxiety, often accompanied by loss of sleep. We heard a lot about this today. There's many individuals who 
Uh, we're reporting stage one. Stage two, things are a bit better, still bothersome, still in need of help. The goal is to get to stage four, where tinnitus is rarely noticed. We can quickly redirect our attention from it, and it no longer elicits these automatic negative feelings or thoughts. What we know is that during this process, it's most common to experience gradual reduction in volume, so improvements to the sound, all right? And that's the goal for each one of you to get to stage four of habituation. That's what our program focuses on. That's the leading approach for tinnitus reduction. This is a snapshot of our research of 247 patients. And at the three-month mark after starting our program, we see a significant reduction of negative 20 points on average with the tinnitus functional index. This is a very good result. And measuring this group again, three months later, we can see the result improved down to 25 points. We're continuing to follow this cohort, this group, but I can assure you that these kinds of results are leading our industry in terms of effectiveness. And, and it's what we see every day as well, just in terms of folks who come in needing help, coming in through our program. It doesn't happen in, in days or a week or two, but we can see this significant reduction over time. And that's all that matters. And we're able to recommend anything that's going to work. So having a personalized approach here is key. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.